Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Inbound in the backcourt to Donovan. Harris retreats. Donovan comes across the logo with 14 seconds. Spins on Harris. Harris knocks it away. Turnover on Mitchell. Denver with the ball. Eight seconds left. Bounce pass to Craig. Layup, no. Rudy rebounds. Three seconds left. Out to Conley. Conley rises for the win. It swirled out. It swirled out. And Denver advances to the second round. Mike Conley for a three off a missed layup by Denver. And Utah had a chance to advance. And it swirls out on Mike Conley. Missed it by that much. Yak with a little get smart added on to the end of David Locke's call. There is the final sequence. Heartbreak for the Jazz after a bad first half. Down 14 and down 19 early in the third. The clamp down, PK, the defense that had been the signature for a long time, that they'd traded a little defense for a little offense this season. But the defense held Denver to 30 points in the second half and gave them a chance. But it wasn't to be. Yeah, the sense of urgency that they had when they got down by 19 was just incredible. You wonder if they could have done. It's a bunch of what-ifs now. They could have done this, could have done that earlier in a prior game, in a prior moment. You know, maybe they'd still be alive in terms of basketball being able to advance. That didn't happen. Not sure what Denver was thinking, a total brain fart instead of just holding the ball and trying to get fouled, take the ball to the basket like that and give the Jazz an opportunity. If the Jazz had that timeout that they had to burn when O'Neal got stuck in a double team, on and on and on. And that's what sports does. You know, the team that loses uh, just says, wow, we could have done this, this, and this, had Bogdanovich, blah, blah, blah. team that wins just goes, whoo, whoo, man. man. Fortunate that that's what Jokic did. Yeah, and, Jokic's and, interview was classic. And then you just move on. I, I like the gal who was interviewing him. Said she didn't call him Nicola or Nicola. She called him Jok- Jokic. <laughs> I think she got confused there. <laughs> just called him by his last name. But yeah, it was definitely a heartbreaker. Conley had a great opportunity, and that ball had a great opportunity of going in. It would have been, it would have been Storybrook. It would have been uh, an ending that ranks right up there with uh, obviously not the shot by Stockton, but. You know, you could argue anything else beyond that, but nevertheless, it didn't go in, and now their season's over. Jokic leads all scores, 30 points. He had the game-winning bucket. That was classic old-school joker right there in the paint, pump fake, pivot, pivot again, and drop in a hook shot. Uh, on a night where a lot of guys were struggling, even the guys who scored a lot of points didn't shoot great percentages. The shooting percentages for both teams were low. Uh, but the Joker coming up with 30 points, he was really good under pressure, PK. Yeah, he can shoot the three, and, and then he knows how to use his body. And he has footwork, and he's got size. And Gobert's got, obviously, a, a, the supreme defensive ability. But when Jokic is doing those types of things, it becomes very difficult, especially as he maneuvers so deliberately. I guess you've got to run to him and try to get the ball out of his hands, hope he doesn't hit a cutter or somebody who has a wide-open J, all that type of stuff. But Gobert was sensational, so it's hard to argue the way they played it. And he made that little baby hook shot and put him ahead to stay and put him ahead to go face the Clippers. 
So the Jazz are done. We have more sound from the Jazz. They're not going to do the traditional clean out the lockers because there's nothing traditional about 2020. Everything has changed. So there were some season-ending look-ahead questions. Some of the guys grabbed them. Others, uh, Quinn Snyder's like, I can't think about that right now. <laughs> right now. It's 10 minutes after the loss, the end of the season. But we'll have that for you throughout the course of the morning. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Tatum down the right side, kick out to the corner, swung from Grant Williams to Marcus Smart. Maybe they can. It's three out in the air. It's good, and he got fouled. Marcus Smart is the only one in the world who can struggle, go into the phone booth, and come out as Marcus Smart. Kemba straight away against Ibaka, starts his drive. Here's the step, gets 17. Got it! Timeout, Nick Nurse. 41.6 to go, and the Celtics lead by three. Boston Celtics win by three. Celtics over the Raptors, 102-99. They're up two games to none. It was Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart carrying home in the fourth quarter, PK. They combined for 27 points, and the Celtics are halfway to a conference final. Yes, they are. Kemba Walker always viewed as a player who can make some big shots. You know, he hasn't had an opportunity to take really that many big shots. Going back to college, he had some. Uh, But, yeah, I like his game in those situations. Today, it's Heat and Bucks. Miami's up 1-0. Can they make it 2-0 on Milwaukee? That's at 4.30 on ESPN. And then it's the Thunder and Rockets. Game 7 tonight on ESPN. Houston, Oklahoma City. Who do you like, PK? You know I'm going to pick Houston, despite my misgivings about Westbrook unguarded in their half-court offense. Then I'll go OKC. Yeah, oh, come on. Who do you really want? Just go the other who way. Who do I want? I couldn't care less who okay, I want. Okay, who do you think? <laughs> I, I think it's a toss. Yeah. I, don't know that, I don't know that I would favor either team to win. Uh, Oklahoma City's got a little momentum. I think the pressure's on Houston. Yes. You know, they made the big trade. Oklahoma City was supposed to rebuild, and Chris Paul and his $30-plus million contract was going to get unloaded as they go in the – big deep rebuild of all the trap picks they got from the Clippers and who else they have them so uh, to me it's it's on Houston to see what they can do that'd be a monumental failure my guess is Dan Tony wouldn't return as coach so from the pressure standpoint I think it's all on Houston I mean I couldn't care less who wins but uh, see what happens there DJ and PK hashtag NFL the team that comes out on top this year should be recognized for winning a championship in about as adverse or different conditions as there's ever been to play a football game. That's Cowboys owner Jerry Jones pumping up this year's Super Bowl champion, whoever it turns out to be. Kind of what we were talking about uh with the NBA when we heard their restart plan and Major League Baseball when we heard their restart plan. It's first we've heard from Jerry Jones in a while. He's been pretty low-key, pretty quiet, low-profile. Yeah, I suppose compared to whatever that you would compare it to, but right now they're scheduled to play the full seasons, right? So if you want to go that way, I, I just don't necessarily know that it's that dramatic compared to what some of these other leagues have had to do. But if you compare it to itself, I guess so. I think the two things is uh, right now that we know, no preseason games and either, depending on the, the team and the stadium, either no crowd or limited crowds, that seems to be the two big things. Now, that's compared to the NBA bubble, that's not much, but it'll be weird for the NFL, certainly. Yeah, but it, it, that weird doesn't equal adverse. Adverse, right. 
It's not like stopping your season for four months and then picking it up with no fans in one place, you know, leaving everything for two months. Right. Andy Reid, still screwing around cracking jokes. Kansas City Chiefs received their Super Bowl rings in a ceremony at Arrowhead Stadium. Andy Reid says, you wear it for special occasions. Or if you want a free cheeseburger, you just point right there and show them that ring and you might get one. Yeah, he's made a living off that cheeseburger stuff. Yep. Money for Joe Mixon. Bengals running back. Four years, $48 million. He's slated to make $1.2 million this season in the final year of his rookie deal. And Saints running back Alvin Kamara expected to return to practice today after missing all team activities since last Friday, working on a contract extension, heading into the last year of his rookie deal. Saints have reportedly entertained the idea of trading him for a first-round pick. He's been an explosive guy, both running and, and actually and been a bad receiver either. Now go back to the Mixon one. What did he do differently that Ray Rice did? I don't know. I do. What? Runs the ball. Catches the ball. <laughs> Ray Rice didn't do that? He's younger. Not as good. <laughs> Not even close to as good. No. How, how much younger would he be, Yuck? Well, Rice, when that whole thing went down, he was 28, and Mixon's 23, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious what the difference is. And you're right. Mixon has put up better stats. It's not even close. I did not have the stats at the front of my brain. But I that don't combination need them of, at the front of my brain. Combination I just know of better he's a better stats. player. Combi- I don't have the stats at the front of my brain either. I just know he's better. Combination of better stats and five years younger, that'll do it. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Guys are going to opt out for a different reason. That's the time we're living in. But you know what? We have, we have guys that are going to step up. Uh, there are some opportunities for new guys to come in. And we have a, uh, a good roster that can handle that. Uh, obviously, I don't want anybody else to opt out. I wish that, uh, that that might be the last one, hopefully. But it may not be, but we got to deal with it. LSU coach Ed Orgeron on players opting out. What else can he say, PK? He's recruiting another batch of players. You can't go with these guys too hard, you wouldn't think. Well, I, I, I appreciate his honesty. He didn't have to say that I hope nobody else opts out. He could have gone politically correct there, but that's not really the, what he does. He speaks his mind. Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren had a telephone call with President Donald Trump after a White House representative reached out about having discussions concerning how the Commerce can return to play college football as soon as possible. While talking to reporters at Joint Base Andrews in Maryland on Tuesday, Trump said the call with Warren was very productive. Let's see what happens. He's a great guy. It's a great conference. Tremendous teams are pushing very hard. I think they want to play and the fans want to see it. And the players have a lot at stake, including possibly playing in the NFL. Uh, well, depending on where you're uh, registered and whether you're blue or red, that's a great comment or that's an awful comment. <laughs> that is what is left. An 11-3 vote, it would seem like there's a lot of presidents who have to change their minds. Some of them are actually red state uh, presidents. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think there's some of them who just went along with it because it was the safest thing to do. Did they really believe in that? Did they need to change their minds, or did they need to change their vote? Well, they definitely need to change their vote, change their mind, how committed they are to their position. Yeah, I can't tell you that. And it's possible in the room they just went along, or not in the room, but on the conference call. 
On the field, Oklahoma coach Lincoln Riley says redshirt freshman Spencer Rattler will be the Sooner starting quarterback this fall. He beat out sophomore Tanner Mordecai to win the job. Weird. Younger guys, PK. I'm used to having, you know, some grad transfer just step in at Oklahoma. Yeah, just plug plug in some big name from another school. A redshirt freshman. Spencer Rattler, that's a great name for a quarterback. Well, I hope he sucks. (laughs) Because? He's from Phoenix, of course. He's an Arizona boy. He is uh, him and Pace Mannion's son were the two big mans on campus. Big men on campus, I should say. Their senior years uh, at... uh, well, actually, Pace's kid had changed grades, but uh, they were the two big men on campus there at Pinnacle. Yeah, their last year at Pinnacle, right? And UCF had 10 players opt out of the 2020 season due to COVID-19 concerns. Head coach Josh Heupel uh, spread out all over the field, a backup quarterback, a defensive tackle, a uh, uh, corner. So some starters there and some of the other guys reserved. So there you go for UCF. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Now there's a swing and a drive to deep left field. Way back there, still going. And goodbye! It's the third home run of the game for Alex Dickerson. And a man who had never hit more than one home run in a big league game has now hit three in this one. Three homers and two doubles. The whole game story was just, this is the first time since, the last time since, the best ever. Just 23 runs on 27 hits for the Giants. They they scored in every run except the ninth. Welcome to Colorado, PK. It doesn't happen as often as it used to, but it still happens. Well, I actually had five teams in the big leagues yesterday who scored at least 10 runs. And then you had another team that scored nine. So, yeah, the 23... But the Cardinals uh, 16 to 2. Yeah. And so it goes on and on. It's just one of those crazy, crazy days, I guess. Brad Miller going deep twice, driving in seven runs. That's more than anybody had for the Giants. They had three different guys who drove in six runs. And people really padding those stats. ERA's taking a beating. Yeah, the Giants scored in every inning but the ninth. ninth. Yep. And I was hoping somebody went deep on a 3-0 count. (laughs) Really add fuel to that fire. (laughs) Oh, man. And then there were a few games that had normal, traditional scores. The Dodgers win again. They beat the Diamondbacks 6-3. Big game for Chris Taylor driving in four runs. Well, you know, the Diamondbacks, it's a big uproar because they gave away a lot of talent in the trade deadline. But the way I look at it, hey, they contended into August. What more can you ask for? <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, the Yankees had lost seven out of the ra- seven out of eight to the Rays. Beat them five three. But uh, brushback, tempers flaring. PK guys getting fired up. You don't really want our oldest Chapman throwing anywhere near you, do you? Uh, I was near the uh, near. What was that? Yeah, 100 miles an hour, yeah. man, up top. It's, it's, it's dangerous, uh, the, that's the, for sure. The ball hit hit the backstop and came right back into the field of play. That's uh, that's pretty intimidating. Yeah, uh, Broussau was pinch hitting, and he ended up striking out, and the game was over, and then they had some issues. I was listening to the Tampa guys. They were just going off on how... Uh, how wrong the Yankees were. It was fun to hear them get all heated and fired up. <laughs> uh, after the game, they were out in foul territory. John, Jester, and holding the bat. Ian, tough guy. Uh, 
Yankees close within three and a half games of the Rays in the American League East. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL facing the defending champions, the Seattle Sounders, tonight. They won the MLS Cup last year, and they've been in the uh, Cup Final three times in four years, so this is one of the best teams coming in. 7.30 tonight, Rio Tinto Stadium. Uh, But against a backdrop of more change in the front office, Andy Carroll, the chief business officer, kind of acted like the president, didn't have the title and didn't have all of that power, but... Made a lot of those calls. He is out amidst charges of sexual harassment. And I never thought he was going to survive with Deloitte Gunn. He was Deloitte's guy. And I think he was even losing a little favor with Deloitte. But uh, more changes coming, PK. And now <laughs> the player is just playing through chaos last summer with her coach getting suspended and then getting let go and their GM on the way out the door. And even more chaos this summer. Yeah, I read some of that stuff. Um, I- I'm wondering why the I'm not denying that it happened. I don't know, you know, so whatever might have happened happened. But I'm wondering, what took so long for this stuff to come out? People afraid for their jobs. Uh, talked to one player who doesn't want to get dragged into it, but just said that just shows you how much power they had and how afraid people were for their jobs. The stuff they were putting up with, but not talking about. That's the easy answer, but there was a number yeah. of people who are no longer employed there. So yes. they weren't afraid for their jobs because they didn't have jobs. They had left the the organization, so I don't buy that. That's for those who are inside. I get that, but there was plenty of folks outside. I talked to one inside yesterday who I'd heard a story about, and she said, well, that story's not true, but this story is, and told me another one, and I said, you want to go on? And she said, no, I don't. No part of it. Again, that's somebody but that's someone who's in the organization. I, yes. I understand that. Re- I'm not Rebecca talking Cade's about that. not Rebecca Cade's not in the organization anymore. And when she left, I know people reached out to her about the stories, and she wouldn't do it. But I don't know why. I don't know why she wouldn't do it. But she wouldn't then. But then now she does. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Andy Bailey covers the Utah Jazz and NBA for Bleacher Report and Forbes. He is going to join us to put a cap on the season and on Game 7 and look ahead. Uh, Reached out to Joe Ingles. Don't know their travel schedule as they leave the bubble today. Hoping to talk to him, but uh, with the time difference and them leaving, don't know if that's going to be possible. Yach is, uh, is nodding in there. Still waiting to hear, right? All right, DJ and PK, your reaction coming up. Stay with us. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? I have a pronouncement. Wait, can we get pronouncement music? I don't know what that would be. The uh, fanfare? Do we, yeah, the Gordon uses the word pronouncement. We probably <laughs> ought to got... dress it up. No, no not that. <laughs> All right, let's get to your pronouncement. Jazz fans are not going to be disappointed with the jazz effort. <laughs> yeah, I thought after setting it up with a pronouncement, it would be like Just a little more than they're going to play hard. <laughs> that is it's, so funny. It, it is not funny. That is so not funny. funny at all. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The way that we competed tonight and... 
you know, what's happened over the last, really the last week in particular. Uh, I'm just unbelievably proud of the way that we competed. And what I remember about tonight is, is we were dead in the water in the first half and we weren't playing well in a lot of ways. And, you know, our group just kept grinding and kept competing. And that's, to me, um, as significant as anything that happened in the game. Hot Takes or Toast brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. So when one shot hits the rim and spins out, you have to console yourself with the effort, PK. Yeah, I don't really do that. It's much more fun to console yourself with the last shot going in. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I, I respect Quinn Snyder and what he's saying, and those are his guys, and he's tight with those guys, but I'm not tight with these guys. I'm basing them on winning and losing. I think at the pro level, that's what it's based on. It's not based on effort. If the effort's not there, then something's really wrong when you're getting paid like that. Your professionals, you know, forget about how much money you're getting paid. You're getting paid incredible money. Uh, for me, at the pro level, did you win, did you lose? I think that's the starting point, and everything goes from there. That's the number one issue. Whether you play well or not, if you win, that's good enough. In fact, that's probably even better because you got a whole lot of room to improvement. But I, I get for what he's where he's going and having the sense of pride and having the sense of love for his guys. They're close. They're with each other. They're sort of that family. I'm not part of that family. I'm an outsider. And I prefer it to be that way. And then I can objectify, I can objectively, at least according to my own biases, view it as I see. But I get where he's going from. That was an incredible effort. Donovan Mitchell, hats off, man. I was thinking about this. You know, if Mitchell plays like that, he doesn't owe me any form of patriotism, if you want to use that word. For some people, they want to use that word. And so I'm not saying I want to use that word. I'm saying some people want to use that standing, the national anthem, and all that stuff. He doesn't owe me that. Basically, as a fan, he owes me that kind of effort that he gave. And if he wants to do jumping jacks during the national anthem, that's his call. For me, I'm always going to stand. But if he wants to do whatever he wants to do, it's his call. As far as the effort, you know, there's that Larry Miller quote, I can't ask you to win, but I'm going to ask you to give give me everything you got. I'm paraphrasing that quote. Used to be able in the old arena as we walked into work, you can see that every morning because it was when we'd go down the stairs there. It was right on the wall. Yeah, we'd see it on the wall. I'd see it every day. Every, it every, day, every, every single day. Every day for years. Give me everything you got and leave it all out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've changed the configuration of the arena. We don't even go in that door anymore. So, uh, you know, that quote, as I, that quote was looking at me every morning for years. And it was also metaphorically looking at me as I was watching that game because that was a monumental effort. Now, you can argue, where was that effort when you're up 15? Uh, the other night, you know, you'd probably still be playing. But as far as them giving that effort that Quinn Snyder said in Game 7, phenomenal. Well, I think what we saw is that desperation when you're faced with you're down to your last half of basketball, you're down to your last you know, quarter and a half. The effort the Jazz summoned in Game 7 is the effort that Denver summoned in Game 5. And without that sense of desperation – Players either can't or won't, but certainly don't summon that level of frantic effort. I mean, I've talked, watching that fourth quarter, (laughs) how many times have I talked about, you know, Gobert 
the offensive rebounds are there. I know you're asking a lot, but the offensive rebounds are there. And, you know, to ask a seven-footer who's getting, you know, not beat up, but uh, hit, beat on, Pounded maybe. on. Pounded on, right. To fight through all of that just nonstop. Yeah, easy for me to say it while I eat popcorn in row 25. Uh, but nonetheless, when faced with elimination, he does summon that energy, and it's not sustainable over the long run. But, man, look at the results. Look how many offensive rebounds he got to in the second half of that game, either controlling himself or tapping them out to teammates. You know, it was phenomenal, and it was the reason they were so close at the end. But is that sustainable? You know, and, and I think the answer is no, because otherwise we would have seen someone sustain it. How cool would it be to sit as low as row 25? Yeah, good right? For, good for you. Thanks. You obviously know people. Uh, no, well, that's, that's where the media section is, the corner of the court. Not that I sit there anymore, but, you know, in the before times. I think that you can summon it more than once. I don't think you need to be in a winner-take-all to summon it. I think the great players summon it, especially when they have an opportunity for the knockout. Well, listen, yeah, he's still a developing guy. And, you know, maybe they get in that situation again. Have yes. you ever been up 3-1 in a postseason? Right. And that was kind of where Donovan was going with his postgame comment. And, you know, the, the mics are muted, so you can't ask the follow-up and ask him to expound on something. But when he was talking about, um, <clears throat> you know, he says when, when the shot, I'm paraphrasing here, but when the shot doesn't go in, you lose the game and lose the series, you look back at all the what-ifs. And he listed the eight-second violation in game one all the way back to the start of the series. He listed the 15-point lead in game five. So maybe they will feel that urgency next time because they got burned by it this time. You know, and maybe that's something that sticks with him the rest of his career. And so he does have a different attitude in closeout games and doesn't wait for Game 7. And maybe Rudy has the same thing because they were clearly irritated that they couldn't flip the switch and summon it in Game 6. They wanted to, but they just couldn't do it. And so chairs got beat up and Donovan threw whatever he threw to the ground on the way out. I couldn't quite tell what it was. But, um, you know, in Game 7... It was still a bad start, but at least they were able to flip the switch and get desperate and summon it midway through the game. Yeah, he's 23 years old. The future has never looked brighter for this kid. And so if I'm a Jazz fan, I couldn't be more encouraged for him and his desire. He showed it. He laid it out there. He was exhausted at the end. It's what I said I wanted Royce O'Neal to be. You know, metaphorically, I wanted them to be have nothing left. And he went literally, Donovan goes down on the floor, and was down there. Uh, but at 23, you know, we saw what the other 23-year-old did in the game, Jamal Murray, not a whole lot. <laughs> and Jokic is a couple years older. We saw what he did, which was a whole lot. Uh, imagine where Mitchell can be in two years. So all sorts of encouragement to take from that. You know, they got the front office always has work to do. It never ends. But they certainly have work to do. And you can play, you know, he went to the Bogdanovich card, and that's fine. Go to that card because he would have been an integral part. Would they have won? I don't know. But obviously it would have increased their chances, and then you hope for health next year. And so you have an opportunity to be pretty good. You want to, you want to take it beyond that, though. You know, this is a, a couple years in a row now. Mitchell has gone, what, uh, second round and then two first rounds. Yep. Uh, obviously you want more than that. You know, you're, not, you're not even close to sniffing the conference final if you're realistic about it. You know, maybe you can say with Bogdanovich they would have gotten the second round, and I'm okay with that. 
Nevertheless, you didn't have them, so it does, doesn't work that way. But you can say that. But you don't want just the second round. You know, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what Denver does in the second round against the uh, Clippers because this series was so even. You could draw maybe some parallels to what Denver does. Is that what the Jazz would have done? Although without Bogdanovich again, I would, I would have loved to have seen them be evaluated in their full content of their team. But nevertheless, that wasn't the way it was. But I take a lot of positives from this going forward. To me, I have uh, disappointed in them that they lost, but have a lot of a sense of promise down the road. Tempered only by the fact that the West looks ridiculously difficult next year. Yeah, whatever, man. I mean, so what? <laughs> you, you, you can't control that. You just no. got to worry about your team. I mean, I, I don't like ridiculously difficult. Nah, I don't know about that. I mean, it's always difficult. It wouldn't mean as much if it looked ridiculously easy. Yeah, there's a middle ground in there. It just seems like the, the league is more lopsided and nine of the top 13 teams are in the West. Okay, so big deal. Yeah. Your reaction, Question of the Morning, is up on Facebook. Game 7, massive disappointment. But after the heartbreak, heartbreaking, what is left to say? You can hit us up on Facebook. You can hit us up on Twitter. Use the app. Use the open mic feature. Uh, Heartbreaking for sure, Brian says, but proud of the heart they showed to come back, even though they weren't playing well. They still had a chance to win at the end. I'm still scratching my head at why Denver took a shot at the end to give us that chance. This team doesn't quit, and they'll be back even better. Well, the head-scratching on Denver's last possession began immediately. Uh, Mark Jackson questioned it, and then they went to the interview with the Joker, and he immediately questioned it. I guess <laughs> I guess all I can say, the Nuggets on that break were thinking, we're going to get a layup and win the series, but Craig blew the layup, and you would have pulled that ball out and... Dribbled off another second or two, take the foul, and then never, even if he missed a free throw, never let the Jazz shoot a three. You got to go down and foul at the other end. But Torrey Craig went for the layup and didn't get it, so you know, we all scratch our heads. Yeah, that was something that they obviously had not been in that situation and they didn't think about. And uh, so there you go. They've got that going on for them, and they were lucky to get out of there, and they did. <laughs> so that's the way it goes. You know, you learn from your mistakes. Better to learn from your mistakes in a win than a loss. Uh, and particularly in a game seven, and that's what happened there. But I, I, I feel, I feel okay about the Jazz. I don't. I, I, I feel better today than I did a year ago after the elimination in the first round to Houston. Because, because they got Bogdanovich coming back. They didn't have him last year. It was clear. It was clear that Favors and Gobert. Salary wise, weren't going to work no matter what they said, and it was this time last year. Mitchell is Den- Mitchell is better now than he was a year I ago. I asked Dennis Lindsay that question over at uh, the locker or the pro post season press conference, you know. And Dennis went on about how they were wouldn't be where they were without favors. I get all that, but in my mind, there was no way that that was going to be uh, able to continue, and it didn't. I think it was uh, it was so obvious, and I get his answer. He had to do what he had to do, and 
basically I asked him, can you afford to have these two together? And he had to just tap tap dance around it when the answer was obviously no. It wasn't going to work. Nor do you on the floor. You needed that position to be able to shoot the three. And favors for three is something as an opponent I would love to hear any time because that's not his game. So they don't have that issue this year. There's far fewer questions now. You know the questions are uh, basically uh, how do you get better? That's uh, that's a question every year for every team. That's not particular to any team in any sport, any league, even in the colleges. How do you get better? Well, colleges is through recruiting and internal development. You know, for the pros, it's a different form of uh, way to get better. But they are better today than they were a year ago. Do you bring Clarkson back? You know, I think that's a big question. How do you get better? Of course, that's a question. You know, some guys are not going to be on the team next year. To me, I'd be shocked if Moutier was on the team next year. So you find ways to get better. I feel they're at a better starting point today than they were the day after the season ended last year. DeGiro says they lost to a better team. It's a good season still. The Jazz missing Bogdanovich. They needed him to get to the second round. And that will be the, uh, that'll be the go-to comment. What would have happened with Bogdanovich? Yeah, I don't think they needed him to get to the second round, though. I disagree with that. Well, there's the eight-second violation in game one, the blown lead in game five. There were opportunities to get there. Yeah. Maybe they would have been there with him, but they could have gotten there without him. They could have. They didn't. I believe they could have. I believe they they had – you're up 3-1. You won three out of four without him. You can't complain – I didn't hear anybody. Man, we would uh, after four games. I didn't hear anybody say, uh, "Man, we would have been up 4-0. Maybe they did, but it wasn't about that. And who knows who's going to be hurt next year? And the the Nuggets can point to their two starters. Somehow, our injuries are always worse than their injuries. Yes, and absolutely. I, I don't really buy that. <laughs> Harrison Barton, ah, Bogdanovich. That's everything. Right. Justin says, all caps, yelling at us with, I can't even count the exclamation points, either six or seven. Choke! Too busy worry about protesting. And he got three thumbs up for that. Uh, Choke? I can't really say that was a choke. In the Uh, game or in the series? Certainly not in the game, but I think the 3-1 in the series, you're going to get hit with that. uh, I think there's a difference between losing and choking. Blowing the 15-point lead. To me, that's a, if you're going to throw a choke at him, that's what you have to go to. Or you're just inexperienced and you didn't match their energy until you were desperate to, which was... Yeah, see... Because there, I, were seven, yeah. there were seven bad quarters, largely. Maybe six. I, I don't think the third quarter was... Well, the end of the third quarter was. <laughs> third quarter game six, I was going to say, was okay. Uh, they led after the first quarter. And they, they were hot shooting and in defend a lick. I don't think they choked. I don't have any problem assigning that label, but it's got to be accurate. It can't just be a flippant, oh, they lost the series, they were up there. Therefore, they, they choked. choked. And the choke... Choke is a hard assessment, but sometimes it's an accurate assessment. We've seen it. We've seen it with this franchise. We've seen it. We all know what they are. We can recite the <laughs> examples. Uh, but I don't really see it 
on this one, particularly when the leader of your team is 23 years old and is in his third, completing his third season. Now, the protesting stuff, they were too busy protesting. Uh, that's just the way of the world. I think you got to step back. And Mitchell has, has spoken about it himself. He's lived a life of privilege. He's spoken. He spoke about it last night. He talked how he last went night to about having with all white kids. Yep. And then on the weekend, he had to be a black guy. So he's feeling and finding his blackness. Let him do it. I just don't see where it's a harm. He talked about having a foot in each world and yeah. having to basically, uh, not his words, but essentially saying flip the switch on Friday, go to the AU tournament, flip the switch on Monday, go back to school. This is how I have to fit in there. Now this is how I have to fit in over here. And now he doesn't have to fit in because he's got the game. It's like we just said about the uh, the running back, Mixon, Mixon versus Ray Rice. I don't know their stats, but I know one guy is way better than the other. And they both were caught on tape punching a female. That, those are facts. And one guy just got a 40-whatever-million-dollar contract, and the other guy got released. Out of the league. No second chance. Done and done. Right. It's about talent. And Mitchell now has the talent and plus his background, so he gets the opportunity to speak his mind because his game is allowing him to. And his game is putting it to the forefront where people want to hear what he has to say. And so he's finding his way in the world. Let him do it. I'm more concerned about what he did between the lines. And what he did between the lines was ball out and gave me as a fan, as a consumer, and I'm speaking generally, everything he had, and I am completely fine with it. Well, it was entertaining. There's no doubt about that. I mean, two 50-point games. We didn't see that coming, and we came in here, and we were all hollering and screaming. And I thought he was awesome last night, even though the numbers weren't as good. The competitive spirit was off the charts. Yes, and his ability to get the team back in the game in the third quarter. He got yeah, hot he there for a while. he willed it back into the game. Yep. Come on. That was awesome. Uh, Adam says, Bull didn't go in the hoop, and attaches a gif of uh, Jim Boylan coaching the Bulls in a post-game press conference. And literally, Mike Conley's shot, the ball didn't go in the hoop. Or it, we'd have a really different show this morning. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Still standing by, hoping to hear from Joe Ingles. Yak, you're staring at your phone nonstop? Pretty much. All right, we'll let you know we get him as the uh, Jazz exit the bubble. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280, The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Coaches are now telling Bruce Feldman and others in the media it's a real possibility that the Big Ten may try to reverse course and play again later this fall. It's so frustrating to me. But the Big Ten's like, all right, fine, we're coming back November. Oh, Pac-12 would come running. Would they? Oh, yeah, we're on board like an hour or two later. Look, they're just a bunch of followers. So when does the announcement of, yeah, we don't really care about our student athletes' health come out? Like, does the Big Ten, well, we thought we cared but we don't really care and in fact we'll we're going to november and we're going to start our season right smack dab in the middle of flu season <laughs> it's like we think it's safer now stop with the we care you don't hanson scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network
DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Your reaction. Heartbreaking loss for the Jazz in Game 7. What is left to say? Your take. Scott says a bunch of four-letter words. Got two laughing emojis for that. (laughs) Colton says, I'm not even upset this time because it just hasn't felt right since the NBA came back. The odds were stacked against them from the start with no bogey. That being said, giving up a 3-1 lead and a lot of turnovers at very, very bad times that sealed their fate... Us jazz fans are used to it by now. We'll get our hopes up next year, and we'll do it again. I wonder what percent of the uh, fan base was just, you know, the season was over, the four-month stoppage, and not because of the, you know, it's a separate group that's upset because of the politics being so mixed with sports, but what percentage just like the bizarro court with no fans, and it's just, that's not why I got into it. I'm out. I'll see you when uh, you're back with fans in the stands. Yeah, I think very few, actually. Really? You think most people got over that? I, I think when the team is playing and they're your guys, you're rooting for them to win. And it doesn't matter what the circumstances. That's called perspective for losers. <laughs> and that's called trying to soften the blow. I'm not into that. They were playing to win, and it could have just as easily been April as it was August, and your guys didn't win, so now you come up with reasons why it doesn't hurt as much. Fine. Whatever you want to do there. Whatever works to help you get over it. I, I've got no problem with that. But in the moment, you're rooting for them to win. That was a tense situation. That was an incredible comeback, and it would have been awesome to win that game. Hector says, well, the Jazz got... Conley and Bogey to help Donnie in these spots, and Bogey was hurt, and Conley's eight points isn't going to help. And where was Ingles? Lots of money spent and no results. You know, this is an interesting question as they build the team going forward, and they've built it with multiple ball handlers, which makes a lot of sense in the regular season. But in the playoffs, if you're going to put the ball in Donovan Mitchell's hands, uh, I was going to say every time, that's an exaggeration, but if you're going to put it in there a lot of the time, you know, these other guys are reduced to spot-up shooters if they get the ball, if their defender leaves them. So I think this is one of the reasons it all rests on stars because the other guys, they don't get to per- – and, and I think we'll see this with other – I think we'll see this with the Lakers and the Clippers going forward. Uh, these other guys don't get the ball. I mean, Denver, I guess I don't watch them enough – but it seems like they are more who they are in the regular season with a two-man game. And I, don't, I don't think we're going to see Mitchell put a bunch of 50-point games next year. I think we could, but they're not going to want to wear him out in the regular season and have him running the show all the time and putting the ball in his hands just seemingly in, in some stretches every time down the court. All right, well, that, that pretty much applies to every team then. I mean, it applied to James Harden just standing around the other night. Only yes. one guy can have the ball at a time. That's- so, I mean, Harden's that, that, an, an excellent point. That really doesn't change. Uh, so, the other guys become, the way the game is gone, the other guys become shooters. They become supporting cast. And you can really only have one star, a true star. Uh, 
you know, if you're the Warriors, they had a little bit of thing going on there where you could have uh, two stars and then, you know, a star and a three-quarter with uh, Clay Thompson. But, you know, Clay Thompson was never really – I don't think he's a big, big-time star. He's a great player and all. Uh, but I don't know that I want the ball in his hands deciding what he's going to do. Some of those shots that Mitchell put in, it's like he was on skates. He was falling down, <laughs> and the ball was getting loose, and he managed to – corral it and then somehow flip it in the basket and have it go in he had like three or four of those you're thinking he's just about ready to fall out of bounds fall on his face and he tremendous balance and coordination to be able to gather himself that's like on the next to last possession when the ball got stolen i thought somehow he's going to get it back because it seemed like he put his head down and was stumbling and then manages to flip something in there i didn't believe it was stolen until they got across half court speaking of the nuggets so, you know, another thing that I found interesting is as I was watching that game, I wasn't looking at the stats. You know, I don't have the box score up. I thought that Conley was making a major contribution. And then, what was he, 2 of 13? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. I, I was really stunned when I looked at the box score. I don't, maybe, it was just obviously probably just me, but I didn't think he was missing that many shots. And yet, he was, and I thought he had made more shots. I, I can't explain it. It's like the first time I've ever thought that, looking at a box score after watching the whole game. Normally, when I go to look at the box score after the game, I could pretty much tell you who was doing what. But I felt like Conley was contributing more, even though the stats don't back it up. Assists, steals, rebounds. He had a really, I, I think he had a really timely rebound in that comeback. He went and he raced across the free throw line and basically just grabbed the ball out of a scrum. I mean, that was just, it was like four desperate guys just reaching, trying to slap the ball away or grab it if they, gra- trying to grab it and slap it away if they couldn't. And those kind of hustle plays give you that impact. I, I was aware he wasn't making shots. I didn't realize he'd taken so many. The two number didn't surprise me, but the 13 did. You know, if you told me he was two for two for nine or three for ten or something, I would I would have bought it. You know, I, I knew he wasn't having a twenty point game or even a fifteen point game. Uh, but I think all that was minimized because the Nuggets were having the same issues. If there was anything, you know, what we were talking about yesterday is you got to do something different. You can't let Murray go for fifty, but the shooting percentages plummeted, and I thought they plummeted in part because the refs did what refs historically do and what they're quote unquote supposed to do. And they let him play. I thought there were a ton of no calls in that game. And I think that's part of the reason is guys miss shots. You know, Rudy went nuts uh, because, was it Plumley? I think, it Plumlee, stripped him. Yeah, it was Plumley stripped him. Yeah. And he went nuts. And like three possessions later, Jokic drives and misses a layup. Rudy hammered him. <laughs> Rudy definitely figured, if they're not calling on me, then I'm hammering I'm him. I'm going after him. And the refs are standing right there. And he's like, he bumped him, he shoved him under the glass. There was contact the whole way down the lane. And normally that's a foul, but in the second half of Game 7, it's not. And I'm and, glad it wasn't. Right, and so Jokic misses the shot. Well, that's not a shot he's going to miss unless he gets fouled, you know? And I think there were, there were a lot of those plays scattered all over the second half especially. And so I think that's part of the reason. And then there's also the pressure. I think the combination of those two things is why the Nuggets shot 37% and the Jazz shot 38 
All right, DJ and PK, more of your feedback coming in, 855-340-ZONE. The phone lines are open. We're hoping to hear from Joe Ingles as the Jazz leave the bubble, but we don't know the exact time of their departure. We don't know if that's going to work. Joe was a definite maybe last night when he texted with Yach. Andy Bailey covers the Utah Jazz. For Bleach Report, he's going to join us coming up at 9 o'clock. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.